Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by changemakers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. I am your host, Lucas Scrobot, and today we have a special episode. This is actually from another podcast called True Story Tent by Abdullah Mawali, out of Muscat, Oman. True Story Tent. I I love the podcast, and I love what Abdullah is doing. He is a change maker. He is someone that is doing amazing things to gather community and begin to create conversation and dialogue around culture and is shifting is shifting culture. He's changing the way that people are communicating, talking, engaging with one another. I love what he's doing. And he had me on his show, on his podcast a few months ago. You may have heard it. If not, I am airing today the podcast from True Story Tent, Wild True Story, um, and as you will see, Abdullah's skills of storytelling via podcast are incredible. So without any further ado, I hope that you enjoy this episode of True Story Tent. The story featured in this episode examines the idea of fate destiny, and the belief in God. Welcome to True Story Tent. I'm your host, Abdullah Al-Ma'wali. Um, so, um, I don't know where to start. So it started... Um, so we entered and... It's the worst and the dumbest thing I've ever decided to do. I don't know, I mean... And that was kind of like the hammer on the nail. I feel it, I feel it. <laughs> So last year I was on your podcast. Yeah, you were. Own the it Future. And and on your podcast, I, I mentioned that I'm going to start um, my own soon, True Story Tent. And look at us, here we and are. you did. <laughs> Mashallah. And now you're on this podcast, like it's a full circle. It, it comes full circle. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's full cycle and we get to do this many more times as the years and decades progress. Inshallah, I hope so. Inshallah, Ya Rab. <laughs> Lucas Scrobot was born in Chicago. He moved to the Middle East in 2013 and currently lives in Dubai with his wife and four kids, all boys. He shared the story at our gathering in Dubai in early 2019. But before we get to the story, I think it might be helpful to understand the context in which he decided to share it. The way that the stories before me were framed were very much in... There was death involved, there was loss involved, sadness involved, there was this uh, existential kind of narrative and quality to them of the certainty of death, um, nihilistic thoughts that there is no meaning to life, um, life just happens to you, and then you die, and then there's nothing after that, and there's there's nothing in this life, and we're all alone. That was kind of like the the sense of the narratives, the feeling in the room. At um, least one one of the stories that were shared that I think we're both thinking of the same story. Yes, yes. And so I, you know, after that, I was kind of like, wow, I feel heavy. I feel pretty hopeless. But I know that this isn't the reality of the world that we live in. Here is Lucas, live on our stage. Sorry, I'm just gonna. <laughs> these stories are really heavy, so I'm just kind of like now processing a really emotional story of my son's birth. It's kind of a lot to deal with. Okay, is that okay? 
Is that okay? Okay. So my beautiful son is born, Amos. He's our, our third son. And uh, the hospital lets us out, you know, the day after. And, and we pack him into the car all nice and snug in the car seat. And everything's perfect. And uh, do you guys remember that big rainstorm we had last year? December 17th, massive rainstorm, like half the highways are all flooded. So it's this day. So we're driving, we live here in Dubai, in Murdoch, and we're driving back from a line back to Murdoch. And so uh, we're, we're going down the road, just a normal day. I come from the States. I, I lived in Denver for a while. And uh, so we get, we get rain all the time. I'm used to driving in rain and snow. Adisa. But, you know, here it's kind of mid-noon, right? When you drive here and it's raining, you're like, guys, stay inside and lock the doors because you don't know what's going to come through your front gate. <laughs> right? Okay. So we're, we're driving down the road. We're still in the line. And uh, there's some traffic. We're like, oh, it's the rain, traffic. All of a sudden, the traffic breaks open, and I see a pickup truck that has crossed over the uh, median hit a date tree the date tree is over and there is a guy surrounded by men laying on the side of the asphalt I do what any sane person would do I veer my car over to the side of the road put it in park and say babe I'll be right back I mean you you, you just had a baby a, a newborn in your car you're headed somewhere what made you want to stop and check it out because if I'm able if I'm able to help, I have a responsibility to help, you know, those who are in need, help those who are on the side of the street. So you, so you at that moment you felt like perhaps you'll be able to help. A hundred percent. So I, I I run up to the scene. Did anyone call the ambulance? Like what's going on? Is he okay? Are you a doctor? No, but I know first aid. Okay, uh so I I jump in to the mix, and of course they're trying to move them, right? I'm like, holy, 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 just leave them. Don't move them. Don't move them. He's kind of in shock. People are trying to give him water. They're trying to like lift him up. No, don't move him. Hold his head still. Don't move him. No, don't. It's just like chaos. And uh, I just start, I just start holding his hand. I start praying, like you know, so Jesus, you know, God, like come in, like live and not die you will live and not die you will live and not die our words in in our tongue is the power of life and death and our words have power and so i was just declaring life over his body where's the ambulance you will live and not die you will live and not die where's the ambulance where's the ambulance and i'm down here kneeling beside him all of a sudden he starts rubbing his chest and then his whole body goes into seizure and his eyes roll behind his head. And as I hold his hand, he, he dies. And I'm like, okay, he's probably not really dead. He's not really dead. It's not really happening. He probably just passed out. I'll check his pulse. So uh, I, go, I go to check his pulse and uh, sure enough, he's dead. So I'm going to pause that story. I've never told these two stories together, but tonight I feel like it's appropriate, and I feel like it's appropriate to pause that story in this moment. 
my dad used to be fly bush planes. He has those little dangerous, dangerous bush, bush planes, like single prop engine. So I, I lived in Papua New Guinea for a little bit in, in my earlier years. And when I was in fourth grade, there was a girl in my class who she was only there for six months. This is back in 1996. I knew her for six months back in 96. Fast forward to 2009. Facebook is around. You know, it's, that's 13 years later. One day in my bedroom, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what happened to that girl named Candace. I wonder where she is. Well, what are you going to do if you're wondering where a friend is? Stalk on Facebook. Yes. So I, I, did my, I got my best stalker hat on. You know, I didn't check out eHarmony, but, you know, I did stalk as much as I could. I could not find her. She was a ghost. She didn't exist. Um, so I'm like, well, you know, God, wherever she is, you know, hope she's doing all right. Didn't think anything of it. Fast forward six months later. I'm working, um, I'm an audio engineer on a, on a documentary on sex trafficking in America. We happen to be in Seattle. And I'm in Seattle. And I mean, from the story so far, it kind of seems like there's some spiritual people in the room. Do you guys, are you guys, if you consider yourself a spiritual person, raise your hand. So for all you here, I don't, I, I still don't know where to put this story in my framework of box. So I'm just going to leave it there. So I'm, I'm in Seattle at the, uh, the Pikes Market, you know, that the famous market in Seattle. You guys all familiar with the, you've probably liked a photo on Instagram of it before. And uh, so I'm crossing the street at Oak Crossway, crossing the street in Seattle. I've never been there before. And I, I don't know how to explain what happened, but I'm crossing the street and here's this girl crossing the street towards me. And it's as... I don't, know how to, I don't know how to put this in like tangible words. It's as if the spirit realm opened up over her. Like, you know how back those, you had those transparent kind of overlay things in high school where the teacher would like write the math problem on it. It was like that. All of a sudden with my eyes, I all of a sudden know and see just so much about her life. I see her, like who she created to be, her design, her purpose in life. I see hardships and pain and things that has happened in her life. This hasn't happened to me before or since. I don't know. I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden this thing happens in a moment and I just know all these things about her. I, I cross the street and I'm kind of in shock. I'm standing at the corner. I'm staring at her. She comes back. She has her, her dog. She's tattooed all over. She has two lip rings, maybe a piercing here. I don't know. She has this, this deer skin kind of skirt on. She's legitimately homeless, legitimately homeless. She has a backpack with her dog, with her friend. They're like hitchhiking somewhere. I don't know. And so I'm, I'm getting angry at this point. I don't know why very angry. She comes, she stands right in front of me with her back towards me. She's talking to her friend. And I'm just staring at this girl, trying to make sense of what just happened in this moment. And I notice on her shoulder, she has a tattoo of a bird of paradise, which is the, the bird, our national bird in Papua New Guinea. 
she's having a friendly conversation. And I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And finally, I blurt out Ash, like, her back is to me. I'm like, there's a fence between us. Her back is to me. And I blurt out, why do you have a bird of paradise on your back? <laughs> She's like, uh, excuse me? I'm like, is that a bird of paradise on your back? And why do you have it? She's like, uh, uh, I, I used to live there. And all of a sudden, I recognized her red hair and her freckles. And I said, Candace, is that you? She said, how do you know my name? Like, ha, I don't know. It was just a wild moment. I, don't, I, don't, I can't explain it. It was just kind of shocking. Again, shocking. I'm like, we went to school together. Don't you remember? I, I often think back, you know, we exchanged numbers, kept in touch. I told her the story. She was like, wow, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's really weird. Really weird. And I, I often think back to this story. And we're talking about fate and chance and probabilities and what happens after death? What happens before death? Is there a God? Are we nihilist? Like, what's, what is the purpose of life? And I often I think back to the story and I think there is a God out there who sees us, who knows us, and who's intimately involved in our lives. Fast forward to the day after my son is born and here I am holding a Pakistani man, probably my age, as he's died in my arms with no pulse. While yet there's a new life sitting in the back of my car. And I freeze. I know CPR, I know first aid, I know what you're supposed to do. But for some reason, I, in this moment on the asphalt in the rain, I freeze. And I look around and praise God, here comes the EMT. I'm like, oh, great. I don't have to do CPR on this guy because I'll probably mess it up. Do you press nine times, seven times, then blow? What do you do? The EMT comes. I'm like, he just died like 10 seconds ago. He has no pulse. The EMT gets down. I'm still here holding his hand. The EMT comes to the side, checks his pulse, no pulse. Three pumps. He comes back to, opens his eyes. I was like, wow. <laughs> I don't think I said anything. I was like, I'm holding his hand. You're still holding his hand. I'm like, oh my gosh. He's alive again. His, you can see his neck beating and eyes open. I kind of in shock. I just get up and I get back into the car and I shut the door. My wife's like, what happened? And I'm white as a sheet. And I just start crying. I just started crying. You have a son. He's like a day old. You're bringing your son home from the hospital, and uh, then all of a sudden you see someone die literally in your arms. You're literally holding them, and they're dead. And then they come back to life, and you get back in the car, and you have a you know, 48-hour-old baby 
that you're driving home and you're just you know floored by how how much of a blessing it is that we get to live life at the value of a human life and then you think about your life and how you know our all of our days are numbered we hate we hate to think about it we hate to admit it that one there will come a day for you and for I and for my kids that it will be the last day that they live and it's a so it's a sobering thing to know that it could be today it could be any day for any one of us um, I don't have a great sum up but uh, I just wonder you know if I hadn't been there, would the story end the same? You know, was it was it fate? Was it destiny? Was it, you know, I don't know what you believe, what, what your faith is, but is there a God out there that's intimately and personally involved in every moment of our lives, whether we believe it or know it or not? So that's what I have to leave with you. This is usually the point where the podcast would come to an end. However, we had an interesting conversation on his belief system, specifically on how it relates to the story that he shared. So what I'm going to do today is just play out the rest of it. Enjoy. So you believe you were, uh, you were meant to be there to, to hold the Pakistani man as he passes away? That's a really, that's a really big question uh, mostly because of the word meant um, because now we're talking about destiny and um, and all those things which is very complex I think that you know each and every one of us has a God-given purpose and destiny that you know that all the days and you know I'm a Christian and I, I believe Islam believes this too that all the days of our lives are written and that God is sovereign and so I, I do believe that, but I don't believe it in the fact that I'm kind of a puppet on God's strings. I believe that there, that there is a divine will for my life. I can choose to follow it and walk in it, or I can choose not to. And so was that day written before time began? I don't know. But it's a very complex question, which, which requires a lot of kind of background framework to come to a cohesive answer. But the fact that you, you shared these two stories and the reason for sharing these two stories or the context of which you shared these two stories leads me to believe that in a way you do believe that to be true in, in one form or another that it was not a coincidence. It not being a coincidence means that it was meant to happen. You to be there when the, the man dies and comes back to life. You to be there to see Candace and, and ask her, is that you? And maybe even for you to be at that True Story Tent event that evening, going right after the, the story that we were both referencing, to share these two Absolutely. stories. So I, th I think the language that I would use would be a divine appointment. 
divine appointment. So what that means is it's a, a moment in time that was divinely orchestrated and appointed. I could have missed it. I could have missed it. I could have seen like that act, that car accident. Let's let's say like I believe yes that that car accident, me being there at that moment, was divinely appointed. I could have drove by and I could have missed the appointment and never known it, and we would not be talking on the phone today, right? I could have crossed the street and said, "Wow, that was weird." I'm going to keep walking, but and I could have. I could have walked straight by by a divine appointment, something that was orchestrated for that moment, for her and for me, for whatever reason. I do not think that every single moment is always divinely appointed. I don't think that every single instance, um, you know, there's, I know some people who they take it so far, they're like, should I, you know, it's, and it becomes very existential where, um, you know, in existentialism, they believe that every every momentary action is going to drastically affect the rest of their life. Whether to take three or four bites of this bagel is a big deal. And so, I don't believe I don't believe that. I do not live live my life in an anxious manner, being afraid of whether I'm going to miss it or not. Um, but that also goes back to some elementary beliefs of believing that God is better at leading than I am at following. That God is better at speaking than I am at listening. And if I choose to listen, then I can hear, and if I choose to obey, then I can follow. So I do believe that there are divine appointments, that there are orchestrated moments in time that we can willfully choose to step into or willfully choose to ignore. But it's just a matter of being sensitive to the world around you and to where, you know, the divine is leading you, where God is leading you, where Allah is leading you. Who, who do you hope would uh, listen to this story? And, and what parting message do you have for them? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, there are so, so many people who live life feeling alone, feeling unseen, wondering if if anyone sees them, let alone Allah, let alone some divine being. They there's so many people who live in anxious fear of the future, of the uncertainty, of the the seeming vanity of life, the shortness of life. And uh, it can be a very dark and depressing thing. It can be a very scary thing. I know there's moments where I can slip into it, um, into despair and, um, you know, wondering what's the purpose of this all? Like, what, like why, why do we live in this world that's filled with suffering where, you know, people, people's like my, my best friend, he just lost his uncle unexpectedly in a random landslide like why does that happen like that's painful like that's painful and we live in a broken and painful world but i believe in the message the party message is that yes the world is full of pain and brokenness and horrible things happen in the world but in the midst of that 
there is a God who desires to walk with you in a relationship through that. And that you're not alone. And I think that's what everyone wants to hear. They want, they want to hear that they are seen and they're not alone. And that's the end of this episode. You can reach out to Lucas on Instagram at lucasgrobot or on his website, lucasgrobot.com. And if you're at that point in life where you're a little uncertain about where you're headed, you don't know what your purpose is, what your fate is, what your destiny is, and you could use a little bit of a, a kick on the butt, if you know what I mean, I totally recommend subscribing to his podcast on the future. If you've not done so already, go do that right now. And as always, if you'd like to stay up to date with everything True Story Tent, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at True Story Tent. This episode was produced by yours truly, Abdullah Al-Ma'wali. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Wandering Brown Guy. That's all for now, folks. I'll see you on the next one. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That is all for this story, for this episode. Please go and check out Abdullah's content on True Story Tent. It's an amazing platform where he tells incredibly moving stories. That's all. Remember, I'm Lucas Scrobot. You are a change maker. And if you own your story, you can own the future.